You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So an actor is saying his lines and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. All right, welcome to guys. Welcome to guys who like musicals. I am Dan Tracy. I'm Joe Carroll, and this week we're talking to Stephanie Styles. Stephanie Styles. You know what we didn't actually talk about in the interview at all, which uh, I want to bring up briefly. Sure. Um, she, her dad, is a Broadway producer as well. Uh, John Styles, great guy. He was a producer once. When I was in college and auditioning for Once, he helped me out with tickets. The very first time that I ever saw the show. I was coming to New York for an audition and he, the show was totally sold out, couldn't get tickets. And I was like, Stephanie, do you think your dad might be able to help? And she got me in touch with him. We talked, he left tickets at the box office for me to see once for the first time. I tried to pay him. He wouldn't let me. Wow. And just the greatest family, the greatest mm-hmm. people. Um, and that show and that experience totally changed my life. And so I owe a lot to John Styles. But so nice. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah. This week, Jagged Little Pill is opening tonight. Yeah. And we talked to Stephanie all about it because she just saw it. One of her best friends, Kathy Gallagher, is in it. Our buddy Derek is in it. Our buddy Max is in it. We got all these friends. It's My suppo- classmate, Jane Bruce. And Jane Nora Bruce. Shell, who is a few years younger than us. Awesome. We are so excited about it. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. We'll have to get in there before uh, too long. Yeah. Because we usually yeah. take too long to see <laughs> shows. We usually see shows right when they're closing. <laughs> so we will bring you our review of Jagged Little Pill in two years. <laughs> um, but it's supposed to be really awesome. And uh, again, if you don't know about it, it's based on Alanis Morissette's uh, album from 1995 with all of those iconic hits, uh, One Hand in My Pocket, Ironic, um, all of those those songs. And uh, it's supposed to tackle just about every issue that we're currently facing in uh, American life. It's really supposed to be remarkable. Alex saw it. My wife saw it last week. Um, so that's happening. Uh, Dan went viral on TikTok this week. So Dan got a TikTok, <laughs> and Dan's third ever TikTok ever got 15,000 views in a half an hour, and now it's up to 70,000. <laughs> you guys, this the internet is so weird. The internet is so yesterday, weird. Yesterday I had 55 followers on TikTok, and now I have 562. It's remarkable. Um. So yeah, anyway, I'm at DanTracy underscore on TikTok for you 14-year-olds who listen to this show. And if you don't know what TikTok is, good. same. <laughs> so, but Dan is apparently a viral TikTok star. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, yep. I really wanted to get a TikTok of Stephanie but she didn't seem too excited about the idea about so doing I, it yeah so i i didn't put it on her but, but she did give us some disney 
uh, impressions at she the did. end, as, right as she was leaving. So listen to the end of the interview for that. Yeah, we'll get into our intro for that now. Totally. Uh, we still can't talk about your awesome job. No, we can't. Uh, which is really cool. Which we won't be able to talk to until it's like happening. Which so. is really fine, but like yeah. so exciting. So Dan's got a cool job. Yeah, so I am leaving Waitress like two weeks early, so. Yep, yep. Um, and we're coming into the holidays. Thanksgiving. How yeah. was Thanksgiving? It was great. What'd you do? I was at your house. Yeah! We released an episode, but we didn't really talk about Thanksgiving. That's true. Yeah. It was yeah. lovely. I'm excited for Christmas. I'm excited I for Christmas. Did we put up our tree year. last night? Nice. Yeah, we did. So Stephanie Styles just left. She sure did. Newsies. 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 Did I ever tell you my, <laughs> my when, when I was in once, uh, Newsies and once were up for the Tony at the same time. And so all the once guys, it was like, it was like this, this like Broadway, like war, like, like behind the, the scenes where like the, the once guys were like, were like, you know, the Newsies, the dancing newsboys aren't going to beat the, the, Irish musician down on his luck and blah 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 and then like these these musicians these like old actory musician guys would would try to do the newsies choreography we would try to do the newsies choreography on stage during understudy rehearsals where is that yeah. content yeah. I need to see those videos yeah so they exist so Stephanie Styles we went to college together she did the first national tour of newsies um she's done a million things and most recently she's got a show coming out on uh, nbc this winter called zoe's extraordinary playlist which looks she really has a funny. great role in the netflix series bonding if you haven't seen it she made her broadway debut last season in kiss me kate with will burton who was like our second or third interview yes he was a fan favorite and she basically talks about him for you know probably a quarter of the interview which is great she's done a <laughs> bunch of tv she's bunch done a TV. bunch of movies and uh you know she's a rising star in the industry and we knew her when she was 18 and um and yeah. it's cool to just see kind of how that journey tracks for for her yeah and a little bit of a of a she's not a super fan but she listened to ryan's interview she's good friends with ryan vasquez and she was like she was like this is really cool what you guys are doing and we're like hey would you come talk to us and well she said like, yeah. she said right before that she, she listened to three hours of our interviews in the last 24 hours to get ready for this and this yeah. this is something that i want to point out because right. this is the kind of girl who is so prepared for things that she is by far the most prepared person to go in for that thing. Yeah. And that that's definitely part of why she's been so successful. If you think you're working hard, Stephanie Styles is working harder. Yeah. She was just telling us on the way out about a 48 page audition that she yeah. just did where she had 48 pages, you know, and it's not just like memorize the lines, kids. That's step one. Right. That's like step minus one. Right. Like the given is you're memorizing the lines. Then you have to like actually be a human being and create behavior in that, those situations yeah. and make the emotions seem real because of whatever, you know, it's, there's so much work involved and then, she's there yeah, to do it. And, but she's, then she talks about how, okay, so you learn that material and then she, she just shot a movie. She's, she does a scene in, in this movie coming out bombshell, which is going to be unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But she talks about how she's going to go on set and you got to learn what Jay Roach has done. You got to learn what, Right. John Lithgow has done. Like you got to know what these people have done in their past, what they're working on, what they're working on currently, what they, you know, anything that you can learn, learn, because then that promotes conversation that promotes maybe future work that that is the work that you have to do. And, and it's no different than going into a job interview. You know, every time you're on set or you're in a new show learning, what did these people do before? Where did they come from? Like, yeah. what can we possibly relate on? Oh my gosh, you worked with this person. So did I like, you know, that is all our industry is based on. And she's just the walking example of like the type of work, the type of like a plus B work that we did in high school is not the type of work we're doing anymore, but the same skills apply. Yeah. 
Absolutely true. And she, it's interesting because she's had so much success so quickly and she's done so many amazing things and she's like, you know, in her mid twenties or whatever, (laughs) but she's also had all of these things that haven't worked out for her, which resonates really strongly with me because my like first big break was, uh, well, I had a couple of breaks, but I had this, I hadn't been on Broadway yet. And, and I got cast in this lab of October sky and October sky is this amazing movie that was iconic for me. And I knew when I went in for this role that it was something that I connected to. It was, it was one of those situations where I didn't have to think about crying. Right. The words came out of my mouth and I somehow, I actually had to prevent myself from being emotional in that show. Like that's how much it was in line with like who I am. Yeah. And then it didn't go. Yeah. And the, the, tragically it's hard to even bring this up but the director was dealing with terminal cancer for the second time and passed away and that's part of the reason why the show didn't happen and so these stories of uh you know you have all the success but the almosts in this business there are so many ways that no's happen to us and sometimes a no is easy because you don't get an audition or you go in for the audition and you're so not right that you don't get a call back or you make it all the way to the end and you get a no. But sometimes you have a job and you think that job's going to change your life. And then, yeah. you know, the pilot doesn't get picked up or, or the, the show doesn't come to Broadway. star is unavailable God, or, and it's just, you know, it, it happens. What's fun to sort of debrief about that for you and I is like, we hear those things and like the way Stephanie talks about it, she is inherently grateful all the time so so we're hearing these stories about like you know her bro- starring starring in roman holiday uh, was was the big one where she was starring in roman, roman holiday out of town with drew galing it was this big out of town broadway tryout it didn't come to broadway and we hear that and we're like oh that sucks that's such a bummer and she spins that as like no i'm so grateful for xyz so you can listen to all that which is wonderful because like she is i think a perpetual optimist and you and i are both yeah. like you know everything's terrible all the time yeah i'm like trying to <laughs> trying to retrain my brain brain to focus yeah. on happy things and she's just got that yeah she knows what that is she talks about being a disney fanatic and being part of the disney fan club and disney trivia um just a delightful person and a delightful conversation uh so check out stephanie styles both right now and on nbc this one, january one six five is that what dun, it is gun, gun. one six four the one six four Wow. Nerds. <laughs> yes, I'm always true to you, darling, in my way. So let's get it going. So we're going. We're, you clicked record on the thing? Yeah, see, now we're talking. And now we're talking. <laughs> there it is. What did you what think of Jack Little Pill? I... Hi. First of all, welcome, Stephanie. <laughs> well, yeah, I want to... <laughs> no, Stephanie's that's... here. Thank you for coming. I present first as a Jagged Little Pill stand, so I oh, think okay. this is like how I should be coming to this world of okay, guys who likes musicals. Also, Think so happy job, to Joe. be here. Honored. <laughs> blessing. I'm here with a Disney prince and a guy with socks that don't match on Broadway, and it's truly... Wait. No, don't you... Aren't you in Waitress, the guy with two socks that don't match? Oh, I was nervous that my socks didn't match. No, yeah. you are the guy who goes... But I am the guy like, whose socks don't match. That's yeah. right. Wait, what? I don't know this. Yeah. She comes around the table and she's like, he might be colorblind. And then she pulls up my pants and my socks don't match. My socks don't match. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> which apparently no one has ever done before. They've always been like, oh, she caught me. And yeah. I'm the first person who's like, what? <laughs> no, What's the, wrong with my socks? No, this is beautiful. And this is like full circle with your, I was just binging episodes and with Shoshana being like, don't move your hands like Alphaba. Yours is, you don't have to concave like Ryan Vasquez. Yeah. You can be like, there's no issue here. Right. And that is the magic of being replacements and doing it yourself and doing your own thing. That's it. Oh it's my beautiful. gosh, it's beautiful. Oh, I didn't realize, I'm learning something well, every episode day, over, that was great. That awesome. was great, yeah, yeah. thanks for coming. Uh, <laughs> it's been a blast. Check Bye. out Stephanie on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and <laughs> that's it, and end yeah. of episode. Um, uh, well, yeah, I, what, so Jagged Little Pole, you, you saw that the other night, I came in talking about it. loved it. I, well, precursor to all this, I am best friends with Catherine Gallagher, yeah. and- How do you guys know each other? Uh, the internet. Really? She is my, uh, I think a lot of us have- situationships which which are best friendships and friendships that I know you guys because we went to college together I you know did a show with this person and we bonded for forever but Catherine is probably the first person that I have elected in my life to make a choice to be friends with we I mean obviously we are like the same ecosystem in that we are in the musical theater world we're kind of around the same age we kind of have similar friend groups but I had seen her on Instagram and it was a time in which it was tough to be a Taylor Swift fan. Mm. It was pre-reputation. It was when she (laughs) went dark, like no one saw her, everything. And Catherine and I both were excited about her new album, but at the same time, like people weren't excited. I mean, billions of people were excited, but (laughs) most people weren't. And so one day we slid into each other's DMs and she said, I think we should go to lunch. We went to lunch, which turned into us at lunch buying Today takes plug for 1984. Mm. Went to see 1984, which took us to Dutch Fred's, mm-hmm. which took us to Al Fallick, a friend of ours, ran a birthday party randomly in Harlem, which we don't often travel to. So we found ourselves on our first date, like in Harlem, being like, I think this is real and a beautiful thing. Yeah. And then we elected because we are so different, despite being so similar at the same time. But our Venn diagram of things that we're passionate about very much like overlap. And so she's my chosen friend. Like I've chosen to be friends with her and it has plussed my life in so many ways. That's amazing. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Did we just become best friends? Exactly. Yep. Right. Truly. <laughs> and right. so you had we, like a marathon buddy day. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I would pay to watch that movie. It's, it's a, a good, pretty good movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Well, it's just, I think, and what's something beautiful about Catherine that I think we bring out in each other is that I'm pretty, she's, just like goes with the wind and she's also a, like literally a witch and she, but then she bakes like everything about her is this beautiful dichotomy. And I think I'm very much the same. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be talking about all of our friends, Good. but it also that's sounds that's, that's like, do. I don't want to make it sound like that's name great. dropping. Also, I love that me about to say Erica Henningsen could be name dropping, <laughs> but I would, Erica Henningsen told me I was always an amalgamation of such highbrow and lowbrow in a person. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I think like we really do that with each other, Catherine and I, yeah. and um, she's great. But seeing her in Jack, a little pill, I knew it was going to be, Everything I knew about it was from her. Otherwise, I didn't listen to it. I didn't watch anything about it. But I would hear like, this is what we're cutting out of town. And this is what we're adding. And this is why my body hurts. Did you know the record? Did you know like the Alanis Morissette record um, or not really? I think if you look at me, probably not not Alanis Morissette's key demo. But I knew the (laughs) songs in English class. I looked at as me also just going on a like tangent about Taylor Swift. I appreciate her music. She's great. You did walk in with Disney headphones. I do have Disney headphones. You're not really like screaming about how society has broken you in like 90s Lady Rock maybe, but like. But I did talk about ironic in my English class. So that part really resonated with me. Spoiler Mm, alert. Great. Yeah. But um, it, it was 
I went in being like, I'm so excited to see my friend. And because of Catherine, I knew a few people in the show. And also we have, there's two Michigan people in the show, Jane and Nora. Uh, and Mexico no. Mon guy. Mexico Mon oh guy. My God. Older than, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. My God. They're Who's all so One of the good. best people on Broadway. Yes. Uh, oh human beings. Yes. Just love Oh yeah. Them. He was in Waitress. Yeah. And he's Dance so handsome. Sorry. I mean, and he for looks, sure. I, he he looks, looks, I saw him at the gym the other day and he looks like an Adonis. Max. And him Kamungai. in the show. Shout out to you. Gorgeous. Just Can I tell you guys something? Eat a Max Kamungai. Yes. <laughs> Max Kamungai will run from 175th Street or wherever he lives up there to the theater before the show on a two show day. Then on rehearsal days, he will run to Brooklyn from Harlem and back and then do rehearsal. I just. He yeah. is well. That's, that's how you get to look like. That's that. how you get to be an Adonis. Okay. All right, great. that's it. Wow. So okay. I will sit here and eat my bacon, egg, and cheese, and Absolutely. he can run to Brooklyn. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, yeah, but he's yeah, like they're a super amazing. Fat. I had chicken quesadilla last night. Whole there bunch you go. Red wine. Let's talk like about him. Stephanie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep. Okay, so keep. Reader's Digest. Little, Jack little Pill is incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I went in thinking I would love it because of the people I know, right. and it was everything. The first act, I am. Like, this show is so good. The second act, I say, this show is, and I don't mean to overuse this word, iconic in that I think it'll be a part of contemporary musical theater history forever wow. with specific imagery. I think that the, there are, Diab Diablo Cody has some very simple words that, like, I think I'm going to use in conversations to just, like, in the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. And it's the most warm, talented group of people. And I was like, you are so vocally healthy despite making sounds that are so hard to do. Yeah. It's crazy. I gave a standing ovation in Act 2. It was great. Hell yeah. Alex saw it, my wife saw it, and said that there is a moment in Act 2 that stops. There's a standing ovation. Mm -hmm. Stop the show moment in Act 2. Yeah. Which it's is, amazing. which I, like, I want to see just because that doesn't happen very often. You know, right. no. where, like, something is... You know, like actually, we've got to see it, and we've got to get some of them on to talk about oh, the experience. You should get Catherine. Yeah. Catherine, Catherine would do this. All right, and Derek. Yep. Yeah. All right. Done. Yeah, because we yeah. play softball with Derek. Oh, amazing. Catherine yeah. and I are also Instagram friends. I asked. Wow. Yep. I asked her to come to a. I know we're not supposed to talk about politics, but <laughs> I did do this like rally thing in 2016 to raise money for an organization. And I did this like outdoor performance and it was while Spring Awakening was going on and Alex Boniello oh my God, yes. agreed oh, to come yes. and Catherine agreed to come. So we like met through Was she playing? That. Yes. Yeah, we she played, played yeah, guitar. I remember this. Yes. Joe came. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. We played a song together yeah. in Central Park. Yeah. And that it was, was like cool. this thing I and then it's, about that. all these pay students showed up and it turned into this like big That's protest incredible. and there were cops there and yeah, awesome. this woman was fighting me because of the, the charity we were raising money for. She had a problem with. It was, I didn't know what I was doing, yeah. but- Dan, you just also, make so I was many wearing a tie. Happen. What was I doing? Listen, we've all worn ties <laughs> yeah. in our Remember when I ways? used to dress like like my life was the aviator? That's what? incredible. No, was this in college? Yeah. Or like That's what week? Reed used to tell me all the time. <laughs> Shout That's out to amazing. Reed Campbell. I always had a top knot. Like I didn't know what I was going through in my life in yeah. college. Yeah. I just Yeah, but you always knew who you were. Let's talk about you for a second. Because <laughs> I think for a second. I think let's talk about life for a while. That's Jack Lopo. Yeah, you always <laughs> I will never forget when I saw you step on stage in Crazy for You. Oh and my I was god. like, Oh my god, this girl's a star. Stop. Because you like it it like all of a sudden made sense and it was like you had that 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 was the package and you knew what it was. It was like alignment. It was totally. like you were the perfect person to play that role in that show. And I was like, Okay, there's her track. Like boom. Yeah. Which off to the races. So funny because there's so much of that that I didn't think was my track. But again, when that was a moment when, and this is something uh, like 
this is something that happens to me all the time in that I do know there is an element to characters where I think, oh, yeah, that is what I do. But it's usually surrounded by elements of things that aren't necessarily what I think I do. Mm. And that's something I really like in that I like challenge, but I also love feeling confident. So if Mm -hmm. I can go into something where it's the really thing, and this is also crazy for you, for me, which is wild that this keeps on happening, is that I would not identify as a dancer primarily. Mm -hmm. I, I, yet my career post-college has been me working in shows, literally even television shows with Zoe's, where I am working with the greatest choreographers of all time, being asked to do things I didn't think I physically could do, but I'm playing characters that I feel comically are in my wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. vocally are in my wheelhouse. So Crazy For You was something that I remember learning that choreography being, and we did the choreography of the original choreography. They like taught us the show and we did it. It's almost like we were on a tour. Like we were, they're like, you can change some things, but this is what you're doing with your body. And Irene, I was playing Irene Roth and she's, I think like a 40 year old woman. And (laughs) so it was something about like, she's glamorous, but she's funny and she's a dichotomy of two characters. But, and that's something I remember Ryan Vasquez and I's final callback for that. And I never thought I'd book crazy for you at Michigan, like out of all the shows, like, and I, we had a scene and they just really go for it. And Ryan and I are such people that, you know, we do whatever. Mm -hmm. I remember, I think I, this probably not good for 2019, but I took Ryan's belt off in the middle of the song and they started slapping with the belt and his like pants fell down and we're like in an educational (laughs) setting. And so that was, and we walked out of that and I kind of went, huh, like, I feel like that was good. I don't know. But anyways, this this whole dancing thing that like my first job out of school was Newsies, Chris Catelli. I, even Roman Holiday, there was an entire, entire ballet in Act One, and Alex Sanchez is amazing. Then I do Warren Carlisle. I had a yeah. private dance call for a, by myself for my Kiss Me Kate audition where I had to dance by myself with Warren in front of the entire team. And oh then I'm now on Zoe's, which is choreographed by Mandy Moore, who is La La Land, So yeah, You Think You right. Could Dance. And I had to for Zoe's. That audition is a, that is fully a NBC television show a network television show and my audition I had to do I think five scenes I had to sing two songs one of which had to be Whitney Houston's I want to dance with somebody and the other one had to be a rock angsty ballad and then I had to choreograph a 30 second dance to a popular song and perform it at the audition for a television series Holy and gosh. I'm also not a choreographer by any means. Let's before well, we you, keep going in that, that direction. So Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is a musical based series coming to NBC. Yes, uh, a December. It um they're 7th? showing the pilot the first episode January seventh. It, they're it's going January to 7th. air after This Is Us. Cool, and then okay. it's going Great. to be uh Sunday night starting in February. Amazing. Great time slot. Uh, yeah. No. Let's go. A bunch of like musical theater actors in it. About it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. We're excited about it. Um. So now let's get into that a little bit more. So f- first of all, five scenes is absurd. Yeah. How yeah. how long did you kind of go in with two scenes and then get a like a callback that was this or was did you like did they come I in hot one time? Say, Holy crap. Zoe's. And then like a week later and was, was it, like you're going to Canada. Was it here? Was, was it, it in New York or was LA. it in LA? Okay. Was it 48 hours? I no, it actually was interesting in that I I had just moved back to LA from New York, which I was living in LA. And then I moved back to New York to do Kiss Me Kate. Kate. 
And then what I've kind of just established in my life over and this, I mean, we can really get into this over my back and forth of almost doing Broadway shows and that like I book a show and then the show doesn't happen sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Not just like even not getting the part, but like actual Broadway shows that I have booked that didn't happen. I was to the point with the one before that Roman holiday where it didn't get a theater and I couldn't audition for anything because all the shows had already been cast that were going to be new shows that I said, you know what? I've never done a pilot season. I just shot my like first adult television job, which was this Netflix show called Bonding, which in New York. is so good, and you're so good on Thank it. You. Oh, it was it's funny. such a and good that show. Started as a web series. When I got the call about it, they're like, "There's this web series, but everyone involved in it is very exciting right now." And mm-hmm. like, they're like, "They're so exciting right now." And in a year, everyone will know who they are. But it's a web series, and I was like, "Great, mm. like, sure, let's do it." Like, yeah. and I mean, I auditioned and everything. Right, right. But um, and then it became a Netflix series. Like, that's the thing is that you can do, you can go to pilot season and film a pilot for a network television series and be second on the call sheet and getting yeah. like being on the lot and doing all these incredible things. And then no one ever sees it. Right. And then you can go film Which, a web series with like cool people. You did a pilot did right a pilot. before Kiss Me Kate, right? Yeah. So what happened? Roman Holiday didn't go. So I was kind of like, I don't know what to do. So I thought, and I'm not a risk taker, I would say, per se, in like my path, maybe in a room, I'm a risk taker, but I'm not like on the journey taking a risky path. And, um, but I said, you know what, I think I should just go to LA and do pilot season. And I had, um, this is also a theme in my life in that right before I went, I auditioned for Grand Hotel at City at Encores and had gotten Flamshen. And Mm -hmm. I was, I was like, okay, well, now I'll go to LA for a month and do pilot season. I'll come back and do Grand Hotel if nothing happens. And I thought the best thing that could happen is I could test for something. Like that would be what mm-hmm. an incredible experience. I would learn so much. But I got to LA and I got a pilot, which was shocking. I tested for a pilot and then I got the second pilot mm. that I tested for. And it was a non-musical where I happened to be playing Annalie Ashford's sister and Andrew Keenan Bolger's sister. And our dad was John Larroquette. And it was not a musical at all. Unreal. And God, I, um, wish, I wish that happened. That would have turned into a musical eventually. Like, yeah, oh, right. If, if I mean, how could it not, right? Yes. Like, like you they would guys, have done like childhood home videos where you guys are like, absolutely, you know, somebody, you would have stumbled into a bar and like Celia would have been like singing. It'd be like, wait, I didn't know this. We sing. have another sister. <laughs> right, right, right. It was, and it was a sort of thing. There was a girl on the pilot who's incredible, Shakira Barrera. She's on Glow. And she, um, the pilot was basically we were all siblings and we found out that our dad had an affair and we have like a half sibling and okay. it was Shakira and Shakira is so talented also an amazing dancer but not in musical theater and mm. so she was like Annalie so you're like a big deal one day and I said Shakira <laughs> in front of Annalie I was like let me break down how Annalie Ashford has like reestablished what the funny woman in musical theater is right. x y and z yeah. and Annalie's right there and I'm like you don't even know Annalie like didn't think she was booking Lily Blonde. She went to Marymount Manhattan. And I truly went off on yeah. Annalie in front of me. <laughs> I Annalie. would do the same thing. And absolutely. it's something that I've learned. My other like big soapbox is that I think I came into this world fan first. And now I am a part of a community. Right. That I think yeah. we should never let go of that. Because even like I talked to Will Chase about that. And he was saying, he's like, when I saw Terrence Mann do everything, I was like, Terrence Mann is it. Like, that's why I love cats. And so like. For, you know, we were talking about like buddy systems, like in colleges, you have freshmen, senior buddies. But if it's like Terrence Mann made Will Chase, Will Chase will make Dave Tracy or like, (laughs) you know, sort of thing. So it's like I, I just have realized and I do it in different ways, but I want to tell people that they taught me things and that I was obsessed with them and that I wrote them fan mail, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, totally. Even to the point where it's just. 
I just think you should do that because yes. yeah, that's that's <laughs> huge. that's why we're here. That's why we're here, and and I think that's also the title of the episode. I always love when we find the title of the episode in the episode. Oh, really? Joe titles it? the episode. I title so. the episode, and so you just said, uh, you know, fan first, be, coming into this world, fan yeah. first. I love that because we we lose that. We get jaded. We get a little, you know, whatever, and then you're like, yeah. no, I love all of this, you know, and that's very cool. And we all can, become like critics, and yeah. everyone's like, oh, let me tell you why I thought this thing this section of this needs it's like nah just no yeah this is like a whole people like a creative baby that someone has a bunch of people have created and all of their lives depend on it it's okay for us to to be like it wasn't for me but i you know yeah and you just came in here being like uh tonight at midnight we get marvelous mrs Maisel and we get a new taylor swift song and we get like walt disney's birthday walt disney's birthday like like that's so that's infectious it's a big day for me and none of it involves me how did annalee ashford (laughs) respond to you geeking out over annalee ashford in front of annalee ashford um very she's very humble (laughs) and but then she also like i got her to expand on like other stories and i did the same thing with susan egan the other day where i said do you know that susan egan famously in beauty and the beast in the film Belle goes into the West Wing and the Beast is like, nah, you can't be in here. And she goes, promises or no promises, I'm not staying here another minute. And she leaves. And you're kind of like, Belle, girl, like you talk about like you're so brave, you're so strong, but then you immediately break a promise just because you have some conflict. And Susan Egan said, Belle wouldn't leave unless she felt her life was threatened. So Susan Egan like put her foot down and said, in this scene in the West Wing, he needs to almost physically assault her. So that's why the beast in the musical version like raises his hand to hit her uh-huh. and she's like, don't touch me. And then he's terrified himself because he's becoming the monster that he is truly becoming if this last pedal falls. And that's when she goes, promises or no promises. I'm not staying here another minute. And now every girl in Timbuktu who's doing being the beast junior yeah. will, you know, the beast will raise his hand because of Susan Egan. Come on now. <clears throat> wow. But it's like, it's like, this is that's my awesome. big thing too, is that when we stage door, more signing someone's playable. Like, they're like, oh, my God, I really want to be, you know, Anna, Elsa, some, like, someday. Like, they probably might. Every mm-hmm. time I sign up Playboy, yeah. they're like, oh, I want to be a Catherine Plummer. I'm like, I can't wait to see you do that someday. Right. Or can't wait to play your mom in 30 years. Right. Like, right. They, those kids are, we're going to be playing their parents. Totally. Yeah. Well, did you see the picture that... Um uh, Andrew? Andrew Feldman oh my just God. posted the kid who's playing, uh, he's playing okay. uh, uh, Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen right now. And he's literally 17 years old, 18 years old. And he posted this picture of him and Ben Platt at the Book of Mormon stage door when he has to be like eight. The kid is so small in yeah. this picture. Yeah. And it is. is that like the beautiful for, full circle thing. There's a great, there was a great video that Chris McCarroll put, who we should get on here too. He'd yeah. love to come on. Uh, Chris McCarroll posted with Rachel Zegler. And they're singing, like, they're singing a song from, I don't remember which song, but they're, like, literally singing a song from Les Mis. And it has, since, like, she's become who she is, gone viral. She's the girl who's doing She's amazing, and she's one of the nicest people in the entire world. 19 years old. We're on, I'm actually on a um, Twitter group with Andrew, Leslie Margarita, a few other people, and Rachel about disney we're on a it's oh, fast pass to yeah. musical theater I talk think about that called. a little bit how when did all of the disney like disney for you i mean how did that start and then when did it become literally like a way of life for you well hans prince right. of the southern isles um well i've got to say um i think most of us were i think we're all generally give or take 90s kids 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and um the Disney renaissance that was happening during the 90s with films like Aladdin and yeah. Beauty and the Beast and mm-hmm. 
Little Mermaid, all these Alan Menken, Howard Ashman shows, they were so based um, in the form of musicals. Totally. I think the New York Times, the year Beating the Beast came out in 91, said the best Broadway musical right now is Beating the Beast. Yeah. And it was a film. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think that, I mean, that's what I think started my musical theater love. And I just think they're so the same thing for me. Like, mm-hmm. talk about a Venn diagram. Like, I think Disney musical theater are like one for me. And I just, those were the movies that my parents had me watch. And there was something about that structure of these animated musicals that really spoke to me and I have like videos of me singing them very off key like as a kid (laughs) and I just love Disney and then as I got older I remember there was a time when I realized like oh I can actively like Disney as an adult or as like someone becoming an adult and that's not I've never been a person that's thought something's weird I've just like been the person who I am and there was time in college like I at Michigan I this is something randomly people don't know about me I don't think but I didn't drink till midnight on my 21st birthday I and was there so you were literally I, there I was Do you have there a tank top? still have the tank oh my god amazing <laughs> and I and not for any reason it kind of I was a child which I don't think of myself as a child actor but I did work as a child in acting and I just was so busy all the time that I just like never went out and then finally I remember I was getting close I was getting to college and I was like whoa like I've never drank before I was like, wouldn't it be cool to say that like October 7th, 20, whatever, like I had alcohol anyways. So in college I would go to parties cause Michigan was great for parties cause they were all themed. So like, even if you weren't like going out and also mm-hmm. Michigan had all different types of people, mm-hmm. but I we had great themed parties, but I truly would come home from the theme party and be like, what a great night. And then I would pour myself a glass of milk and like Google Disney trivia. Like, yeah. and that was just like, <laughs> and I, there, there was nothing wrong with that to me club and you like you go mm-hmm. and like the official you know, fan club yeah and the and the trivia and all that stuff it was just like did you just find like there was just an endless amount to to know oh kind yes of? yeah there's endless amounts and i also yeah. there was a moment when i switched to i obviously love the movies and i loved going to the parks but i realized oh i can learn park history and i can learn things about the disney parks like that was a huge facet of my like love of them and my trivia is like walt and the parks yeah and um Honestly, I mean, this sounds blasphemous, but I would say my favorite part of Disney is Walt and the history of Disneyland and Imagineering and everything. I love Mm. the movies, too, and you can't have one without the other. I guess you could not have parks and just have movies, but (laughs) uh, that was what I loved. And just and in my heart of hearts, it was something I I, my biggest dream was to work for Disney. And I think you're inside the actor studio question of if you weren't an actor, what would you be? Yeah. My answer was always like somehow working for the Walt Disney company. Mm -hmm. And so, which was crazy when my senior year at Michigan, I was, it was second semester. I had done at Michigan, you can do roles or bust on your second semester senior show Mm -hmm. where you say, I will like not, I don't want to be on the ensemble. I will take a part, would love to be a part, but if not, I'm going to focus on me and focus on graduation, which is something I, people had told me to do. And I also really liked the idea of that. And, um, I wasn't in the musical second semester. So I was just kind of, you know, getting ready for life as a person outside of this. And I had, I got a random email one day. I didn't have an agent. And I got a random email and a few of us did in my class, both guys and girls for Catherine and Jack Kelly got emails saying, Telsey would love for you to audition for Newsies on tour. Yeah. 
And I remember I said, wow, I don't. And a lot of people had a self-tape because they were in the musical. And I said, right. oh, I don't have anything to do. And I remember I texted my mom and I said, do you want to go to New York for the weekend and like <laughs> see the cabaret revival and Rocky <laughs> on Broadway? <laughs> and so we went to LA, or New York together one weekend and I went to an audition for Newsies. And I thought, wow, what a great first audition experience. I'm going to do an audition before showcase and I'll see what it feels like. And I went to that audition. It went well, but it definitely was, nothing felt like magical. And I remember, the only thing I remember is that I thought ahead of time, I said, they might ask me if I can tap because that's something you have to do in Newsies. And, and I do, this is something I do. And I, I, I don't know if you guys do it, but I, before the audition, we'll kind of think about everything we could possibly talk about Mm, in my head before I go to sleep. Like what yeah, could be brought yeah. up? Yeah, I yeah. do that. I do that, but like with the hypothetical, like the insane hype hypotheticals, where but like I'll be like good. in, I'll be like in a room, and then I'll be like, I'll, I will get an audition appointment, and I will already be moving to whatever city the the show is filming in mm-hmm. or show working on, and I haven't even read the audition material. I'm like, oh, this shoots in Vancouver. I guess I'm moving to Vancouver. He tomorrow. doesn't even know his lines, but he's already negotiated in his head how much money he's he like, wants I'm to make. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So I don't do it in a real like uh, uh, sort of from honorable way. I do it. No, but I do the same thing where it's like I try and anticipate what the director's notes might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like or they might be like, have you seen any? Or you're saying like, have they seen, like it, what would the interview portion be like? Yeah, basically? or your like transitive properties of mm. the thing. Like if A equals B, B equals C, then A equals C. So it's like you're sitting there and you're like, well, here we have this newsy show where they might ask me if I can tap and what will I say? And can I plus that at all in a way that shows who I really am? So I thought, well, if they ask me to tap, I know what I'm going to do and say. And so I was like, but if not, you know, whatever. So I do my audition. I feel good about it. I leave. And right before I leave, they go, Stephanie, can you tap? And I don't speak. And I just do a shave and a haircut two bits in my character shoes and then leave. I just like do a dun 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 dun, dun but like the tap move version. Of course. Nice. Instead of saying anything. And so just because I thought about that before. And that's something I do. Like I truly <laughs> thought like, well, if they ask me this, I can say this. And it's a sort of way in that because my whole thing is that I'm – I think I'm bad. I'm bad at networking naturally Hmm. and I'm bad at um, anything that sometimes can feel disingenuine. Mm. And my thing is that the way I've, and I I see how it can work for you. But for me, I can't be that. I was Mm. like, I have to do everything in a genuine way. That's fully me, Mm -hmm. whether it's talking to people and asking for things. And it, and I found a way to be proactive while uh, without being presumptuous, I guess, in a way. Mm. And um, some of that is by thinking about all the things that could link. And mm-hmm. that was, and whether it's an audition or when I go to something like here, I was like, okay, if I bring up dancing at some point, I want to make sure that I remember all these random people's names. So it's like just a little bit of homework, which yeah, I'm like, it you sounds guys like have, preparation. Like the, you're, yeah. you're, you're talking yourself away from it almost. I'm like, no, this sounds like preparation. This is a good thing. Yeah. You walked into a job interview preparing for the job interview, you know? And I think it's something that, and it's, if you get nervous, it's like, think about all the things that you could talk about. Like, oh, if there's someone from Michigan, like they went to your school or be like, oh, you, yeah, well, you know this person. Because my biggest advice for any audition is 
talk to the people. Find some way to talk as a real person and talk to them because they want to cast someone who can do the best job at this and your job that they're hiring you to do is to show up on time, know your lines, stand in the place they tell you to stand and to tell the truth. But if you can also, when you cut or when you're take your equity five, if they can be like, hey, uh, Stephanie, I'm going to Houston, Texas. Where do I go eat? And I can be like, oh, we'll go to these places. They mm-hmm. want a real person. They don't right. want to just like a robot. Yeah. And right. so especially in musicals when you have like long runs and you're going through so much stuff. Especially. Totally. I always try and tell a joke. That's, but it's like usually because my jokes knowledge. are always self self-deprecating. Yeah. So I'll always try and find a way for me to like cut one in and get the room to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes everybody lighter. And like, you know, because it's a hard auditions, especially are just so hard. Like it's hard on everybody, you know, yeah. So just being like, if we can make this light and, and easy and, you know, I can show you that I'm not going to be an asshole for, you know, six right. weeks of rehearsal and then three months of an out of town tryout and then six weeks of rehearsal and then a year on a Broadway show yeah. or whatever. Like that's a good thing. So you know, how was, how was your, um, you'd done a tour before, yeah. right? You, you toured with Sound of Music when you were a kid Talk with John Groff, right? Yeah. I, that's why it's like, I don't think of myself as a child actor because I had like one or two really cool jobs as a kid, but otherwise I went to normal high school mm-hmm. and did so many and lived in Houston, Texas. But yeah, when I was 11, I didn't go to sixth. I missed sixth grade because I was on a non-equity tour of the Sound of Music with Jonathan Groff and Lindsay Northen. I'm trying to think of other people that are like in the biz that were in that tour. Whoa. And then mm-hmm. 14 one-nighters in a row, like doing yeah. the whole thing. And then I went back to school to seventh grade. And then eighth grade, I was living in New York because I did an opera at New York City Opera, The Little Prince, based on the French children's book. Mm-hmm. Graham Phillips was Little Prince. He just was Prince Eric in Little oh, Mermaid yeah. Live. And he's, you know, he's done everything. He's like the good wife, son for forever. And he's the 13. He was in 13. He was the right. Evan Goldman. So he was the Little Prince. I played his love interest, throws inanimate objects, but <laughs> it was fine. But it was like a full-on opera. Right. Like wow. full-on, this is an opera. And then I had the choice. I stayed in New York a little bit. My parents said, we'll support you in this decision if you want to stay here and do New York high school being an actor, or you can go home in Houston and do that. And I chose Houston. So that's why, like, sometimes I don't feel like I was a child actor. But then, like, also in Houston, they have a PBS unit, and I was on a PBS show called Science Quest. It was, like, what followed Zoom for forever. And, like, so, like, I learned weird things and had dipped to my toe, but then I knew I wanted to go to normal high school and I knew I wanted to go to college. Like I mm-hmm. never thought like I didn't want to go to just for the experience of the co- yeah. like going to college. Right. Truly. And yeah. I, and even when I, I was torn between a few schools and I remember professor Wagner, what was the head of our department? He, in an interview was like her, we had a meeting and he said, the thing I think about Michigan, what is so great is I think it's so important to learn everything about everything in life. Yeah. Right. And Michigan is so good. You can tailgate. I don't think he said you can tailgate, but, <laughs> sure, it's like, sure. but it's like you can tailgate and you can take these classes with muggles, like people yeah. who aren't actors and every, and you can have all these experiences. And he was like, I think that's important both as a performer, but also as a human. Right. Totally. And so that's like what I loved about Michigan is that all every year, my roommate was a girl who was not an actress. And so we, I just had, the best of both worlds. Totally. I felt like I yeah. had that real experience. And I really was like, when it came around those Newsies auditions, I was like, okay, 
going to do it. And every summer I had not done summer stock. Like I was like, just went home to Houston and did community theater in Houston. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just want to have normalcy for as long as possible until I have to like do the grind. And I remember that second semester I did my first summer stock audition and I thought I had booked the moon. Like I got Patty Simcox in Greece at the Muni, was going to get my equity card. And I was like, this is like, I done it. Uh I was like, I'm doing the thing. And then I got Newsies. Um, I was flying back and forth for the last month of school. And between my last day of school and my first final, I had my Newsies final callback. Flew to New York, did it, Was had my Wagner note cards with me, flew back on the plane, had a vocal, uh, had a voice jury, went to Panera with my boyfriend at the time, and we were studying for the Wagner final. I got the call that I got Newsies, a.k.a. my first job out of school would be working for Disney. For Disney. The Disney. Right. And, like, Alan Menken, Harvey Firestein, Chris mm-hmm. Catelli. Jeff show Calhoun, was so good. and doing this show that was, and also had this giant fan following, but a fan following that like, I am me and they are, I am that, like, yeah, I am a DC Broadway fan. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. And so it was, and there was a question on our Wagner test that was, um, please describe the history of Disney on Broadway or like the whatever of Disney on Broadway. And I started crying and people were like, she didn't study. And I was like, no. You were like, yeah, right. No. Yeah. I've never <laughs> been more prepared for a question in and, my and whole life. And I was life. like, well, and I like cracked my knuckles and was like, let's right. go. But I, um, so that was crazy. Like that was a yeah. crazy experience. And I was so lucky in that I got Newsies before I, like, that was crazy. Like I hadn't showcased and I took Newsies as a dowry to agents. And mm-hmm. I said, I want an agent. Here is free money that mm-hmm. a job I got myself that you can negotiate. And I called Jonathan Groff about it. And Jonathan was like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't negotiate your own contract. You shouldn't, shouldn't waste that them. money. And yeah. so, I mean, there's so many things in my life that there's so many different ways it could have gone, but I just right. was like, I want a great agent. Yeah. yeah. And, and I then you got, one. got an agent and I did showcase after getting the agent or before. Yeah. Like showcase, you did showcase. After, did showcase. Then I, um, I got the agent, did showcase. Oh. And then I um, just was like, wow, I'm going to go do the Muni and then I'm going to go do Newsies. And then right before all that happened, right before the Muni, I had gotten a call. Literally, you were there at my audition, Dan Tracy. I, oh, yeah. They were like, hey, there's basically a cattle call, but like they're just saying everyone ever for Revival of Forum with James Corden and they're looking for a filly and a hero. And I remember I saw you at my first audition. I saw mm-hmm. you and Charlotte Maltby. And it just was a rant. It was like the only audition I've ever had where they're like, sing your own song. <laughs> like, don't sing from the show. Right. And I went in for it just as being like, oh, cool, a Broadway audition. And I like got a call back. And then like it kept on escalating. And finally, I find myself my first post-grad Broadway audition being like, okay, you either have to do a final callback and sing for Stephen Sondheim or be Patty Simcox at the Muni. But you you start rehearsal in four days at, for the Muni. And I, that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Like, not hardest. Obviously, I was going to audition for Sondheim. But it's like, that's, I was just out of college. And I was like, this is a terrible thing I'm about to do. Like, am I going to have a bad reputation? Like, what is, right. and, they're, and they're like, this happens all the time. My agents, thank God. I love yeah. them. Thank you, Paradigm. And um, so I'm there, like, shaking in a room with Andy Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being like, oh my God, we're about to sing for Sondheim. And Andy Jones, who I'm sure was also nervous, but was he was a senior when I was a freshman, mm-hmm. was like, it's we're chill. It's great. Like we're just gonna go. Like it's gonna be fine. Final audition and did the whole thing and like did it. And I got a call that was like, You got 
you got forum, like your philia. And the revival, James Corden, Alex Timbers, Stephen Sondheim signed off on you, the whole thing. And in the same breath, they're like, James Corden just has to like approve people or whatever. But then there was like something weird. And then come to find out, James Corden was offered The Late Show. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so they were like, well, he, um, now they're looking for a pseudolist, whatever. But like, that was my first taste of booking something. That was my dream, like dream director. Yeah. I love revivals and I love being funny. And I actually, this is half of my career, but I love being ignorantly blissful people. And Philia is one of those people. Yeah. And so that was my first taste of that. And I was like, but it's okay. Like, I'm going to go do Newsies and I love Newsies and Newsies changed my life and taught me, it was my grad school, but it was like, wow, like that's what that feels like. Mm -hmm. But like everything, like something will come of this at some point. And then I came, did Newsies. It was amazing. Hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. That song is the hardest thing to sing ever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then came back, did a playoff Broadway roundabout. Uh, which was great because I was like, wow, I went from doing a show with like a three story tall, like moving, <laughs> moving thing. animatronic. How long were you in the Newsies tour? A year. A year. It did yeah. a year. And um, to doing a like five person dark, crazy off Broadway roundabout like mm-hmm. play. And I was like, this is like what we're supposed to be doing, right? Like right. variety mm-hmm. and being different. And, um, but after that I got, also, all between this, I have large moments of not being employed and being like, what am I doing with my life? My question was, right. so like the actual months between the Newsies, Newsies ending and the, and the play, how long was that? I ended Newsies in October of 2015. Right. And the play, I started rehearsals probably like, I think we, my, we, opened, we opened the play a year later. Right. So I moved to New York and I gave myself two months of being like, November, December, I was like holiday month. Like moved to New York after Newsies. I technically or, moved before and right. then I booked Newsies mm-hmm. where I'd like signed to get an apartment, booked Newsies and was like, oh, well, great. And then I like had someone in that place while I was gone, yeah. came back, had the place. I had two months of being like, November and December, you do you girl. Like mm-hmm. we don't need anything. Like uh-huh. we'll maybe a job will come in the new year. And then January came along and I did readings, but like mm-hmm. I didn't do like I did readings. I did 54 below shows, but like I didn't do anything else. And the whole time I'm like, but James Corden can make forum work. Right. Like that can happen. <laughs> right. That's and just, yeah. yeah. And it's like, I just was like, wow. But I knew I was like, I've been so lucky. I've been so, 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 so lucky to have work even with all the forum stuff. I was like, I'm so lucky to have been that close to the dream. Right. And, and so now I was all like, these people know mm. who you are. Yeah. And you make fans off. and the people who cast me in the play, one of the people was involved with forum. So mm-hmm. like, it all makes sense. And I, and then when I got the play, I was like, oh my God, I got a play. That's right. crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that taught me so much. And it's been a weird thing in that, that play has been the random things that like I've run into people at fancy places who I'm like, you, you like, hi, like I'm a plus one. And they're like, wait, I know you. And I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, and they're like, like, you were in like- kingdom come at roundabout underground. I was like, what right. are you saying yeah. so <laughs> that proved great and that, and was, that the, was but that was a that was almost a year yeah. after mm-hmm. newsies was over yeah yeah because yeah. that was what like i i wanted to ask you that at some point because it felt like that was like that transition must have been hard to come to the city like like after tour you know you've been on the road for a long time your class has already kind of moved here and then you show up almost a year later 
And like that transition is hard. Like I remember like Alex, my wife went on the first national of anything Anything goes goes. and then she came back and it was like a year, you know, but like a long time before you're kind of like, Oh no, wait, now I'm in New York now. You know, was that tricky or or it sounds like you bridged the gap pretty well. I think I've just so, Shoshana Bean said something about this where like school prepares you for how awful the world's going to be and it's a lot less (laughs) awful in that I was like, I am going to be unemployed. And like, I, you just have to, that's going to be your life. Like you don't know you're going to have a job. And so like, if I would book an AT&T voiceover job, I was like, Stephanie, you are, I'm so grateful for this AT&T job that is going to sustain me. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to feel like an actor being like, welcome to AT&T for, you know, however long. That's awesome. And so I just, no, but like that literally, truly, I just have always been like, I'm grateful. I feel so lucky that like one time I had to take a step back and I was like, no, you can be upset that you had twice where you, let alone all the jobs you auditioned for that we don't get, but getting two jobs for Broadway where you do interviews and they're like, how excited for you to be on Broadway? And then they don't happen. They prepare you not to get the job. I don't think I wasn't as prepared to be that 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 was okay to be sad about that. Yeah, because it def- it happened with Roman Holiday. It happened became, with Roman and, Holiday and with Forum, or did yeah. it happen another time? No, too? those were the those two were times. Because that Roman Holiday was, I mean, it went out of town. Everybody was like, "It's coming, it's coming." It's everybody a was so excited about it. Tryout, fall, whatever. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to talk about that a little bit, yeah, I mean, that's and that's sucks. kind of where I am. The only time in my life this has ever happened, and it's true, this is the blessing. The only time I've ever been in a job and got another one, where I was like, "Wow, I know what my life's gonna be," and like <laughs> I had kind of a plan was I was in Kingdom Come at Roundabout auditioning for Roman Holiday and I got Roman Holiday and I knew that I would end the play in December and I would start rehearsals for Roman Holiday I think in March so I was like again two months where I'm just like January February I'll do whatever I'll do Mm -hmm. all the things I'll be me I'll it'll be great and then I did Roman Holiday and Roman Holiday was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It was unbelievable. It was a new Cole Porter musical where I got to be, you know, the lead, but in a show where I was playing, I was playing a princess, but I also like drew, it was Drew Galing and I on stage falling in love for two and a half hours. Like we never left you and it all happens in a day. So it felt like such an organic like I started off as one person, I became the other, but in the amount of time they actually gave us. Totally. Right. Which was such an exciting thing. It's one of it's, my favorite movies of all time. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was the sort of thing where I knew that was a job that was going to be difficult, not in execution, but in living through it. In that for every girl that has played Elle Woods, for every person that has played Cher, you know, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm playing princess Anne, but honestly i'm playing audrey hepburn or like that's what i will be compared to mm, right and there's not really a way to win because i knew half of the people would think i'm doing an audrey hepburn impression and then half of the people would think i'm being too my own thing mm. and i went into that they asked they said you must prepare a transatlantic accent so for the thing they said like you have to do this transatlantic voice and th- that was something I was fine with that because I was like, I think she should be. We don't find out what European com- country she's from. Right. And she speaks seven languages. She probably has like a, a dialect that's transatlantic. What do we think of who has a transatlantic accent? Audrey Hepburn. So everyone will think you're doing an Audrey Hepburn impression. Mm. So I, um, but I had so much fun in that because I was like, there are moments when I put my hand in that, like the, in the, the mouth, in yeah. the mouth yeah. and like when she rolls over on the bed, I'm like, 
if I was seeing the show and if they didn't do that exactly like the movie, I would be pissed. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, I ah, give me that moment. It's like <laughs> when they say October 2nd in Mean Girls. I'm like, if they didn't make an right, October right. 2nd joke in Mean Girls, like I would be, I'm like, where's my refund? But I want to also expand <laughs> on elements. And like one thing is that I'm, I think I'm a lot more uh, less poised than Audrey Hepburn, even though I feel like I'm a pretty poised person. So I wanted that like youth and her and everything. Anyways, it was great. The show obviously was an out of town, so there's things to be fixed. But I thought it was like a sweet, lovely show, like a nice work if you can get it. Mm-hmm. Or like one of those pieces where it's like, yeah. I thought it was sweet. Anyways, but it didn't come to Broadway. And that's when I was like, what do I do? And that was truly like the moment where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I just, I'm, I'm, it, and it's hard. This is something that I think is interesting. It's hard to feel unsuccessful when you have some success. Like when you're like, okay, like, I'm, you feel guilty about it or I think it's just like, you don't know what to do. Like, it's almost like if I was going to auditions and never getting callbacks, I'd be like, oh, clearly I'm, this isn't for me or I'm doing something right. wrong. Right. But if you're getting, if you are getting close to everything, you're like, but I'm doing great, but I I'm not think, getting yeah. the job or like I'm right. getting Broadway shows, but they're not coming to Broadway. <laughs> right. So it's like, I don't, it's it, anytime we like haven't, like I wished it was black and white and it was either like, you're amazing or you're terrible. Yeah. There's, it's just <laughs> right, like, right, right. It's not binary. Like, yeah. yeah go through so seasons gray. of getting so close in so many different ways that it's like, what? Like, I wish wh- I, this just like, isn't working, Yeah. but it clearly almost is. Right. So, that was when I was like, clearly I'm doing enough to get the opportunities that I should get. And I've always been very coherent in like, this is my job. This is not my job. Like, and I've usually, it's kind of like unrequited love has never been something I've really like, it's not, it's never been something that I've felt a lot of in my life because if someone doesn't want me or like me, I generally am like, cool then I don't want or like you kind of in a way. And I feel that with like jobs, like if I'm not right for something, I'm like, yeah, then like I probably don't want to be in something I'm not right right for. And jobs are dating. Like it's so dating. Like we joke about that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I'm, that's pretty been like easy for me in that. But then that was just like after one holiday, I was like, I don't know what to do. And so I went into the pilot season and being in, and now I'm at this place in my life where I'm quote unquote living in Los Angeles because in that year before Kiss Me Kate, when I moved to Los Angeles, I realized that I could book more film and TV jobs while living in Los Angeles. And I auditioned for Kiss Me Kate technically while living in Los Angeles. I flew in and the gestation period on musicals are so long right. that like by the time like you, I auditioned in June, found out in June and I started rehearsals in January. So, and the whole Kiss Me Kate process happened in a week. I auditioned on a Monday. I found out I got on a Friday. So it was, (laughs) it was, it it was wild. And it just, and also I went through the large period of that year where I didn't have jobs and I was like, what am I doing? And, but it's like when I was like, if I was like, okay, I got a pilot. That's insane. I'm working for Disney again. It's ABC. I'm working with my heroes. I'm doing comedy that when the pilot didn't get picked up, I was like, of course it didn't get picked up because this is my life. Oh no. No, but like in a way that was like, I'm so lucky to get 
so close to so many incredible things and to get a taste of them. Like I'm used to not getting to eat the whole thing. Like I'm, Hmm. that is just the life. And I'm so grateful. I think if I do five pilots and the five don't get picked up, then for the first time I might be like bitter Betty about it. But right now you're like, you're still able to be like, God, I I can't believe that happened. That's very, that's, Mm -hmm. and that's a good, that's a good vibe to have because like, there's a lot of people, I think like, and you're not going to do 10 pilots that don't get picked up. Like the, it's we'll a game see. of numbers with that stuff. Yeah. So like you will eventually get one of these that gets picked up. But gosh, that's so funny that you've come to terms with the fact that like the jobs don't happen. This, yeah. this business is ridiculous. But, but it made, it probably made you so much more grateful when you got to Kiss Me Kate and when you got to Zoe's and you were like, oh, these oh, things these are things actually are happening. happening. Yeah. I'm so like fortunate to be here. And I know this is like a controversial thing nowadays, but... The idea of everything happening for a reason, I kind of do believe in. Me too. And I think that there is a reason my Broadway debut was Kiss Me Kate. And it was oddly a revival like Forum. And it was Cole Porter like Roman Holiday. Mm. And like it was the third thing. I got to be funny in beautiful costumes, which is ultimately the dream. Mm -hmm. And um, and it was my sophomore evaluation song at Michigan was always true to you in my fashion. Like... It was something mm-hmm. that like Amazing. I had I had not warmed up the day I auditioned for. It just was such a wild week. Like I'd flown in on a red eye, gone to the Tonys, stayed up till 5 a.m. after the Tonys, not drinking, but like being out at loud mm-hmm. places. Woke up at 10 a.m. for my like noon audition for Kiss Me Kate. Got to the audition, realized I hadn't warmed up, went into a broom closet, went, always true to you, in the broom closet that came out and was like, okay, she's there. And then went and did it. <laughs> Scott Ellis gave me no notes and he said he was like you're only here this week right and I was like yeah I live in LA and they're like okay you'll come back on Wednesday and you'll dance and I never told things in the room either like that a I'm always given notes and b never told anything and this time I was given no notes and was told you'll be there Wednesday and I show up Wednesday and it's just me I do all the same stuff again but they tape me for the Cole Porter State which I've gone through the whole Cole Porter State thing now twice and then I did a private dance call with Warren Carlyle and they all watched me and my suction bra fell off underneath my dress in the middle of the audition during Too Darn Hot. Also, I was doing Too Darn Hot, which I don't do in the show. <laughs> and, um, and it's so ter- terrifying. And I feel like my suction bra like slowly slipping down my dress like in this thing. And I just stop and I'm like, guys, and I just like pull it out and throw it off, which is also like a very Lois Lane move. Did I think about Perfect. what would happen with my suction bra beforehand? No. But a sort of thing where it's like now I've done preparing enough mentally before audition that like I was like you know what no it's cute if you just like throw it off and be like it's too darn hot and like I'm sweating this off and then you just like yes. do the dance hole like it's just like you yeah. just do it the more personality see and they laughed still never got a single note that entire audition process two days later I found out I got it that's because they were like that's our girl come on journey that's so great so it's just like and that preparation like you said that preparation of like prepping for these things then you get hit with an absolute curveball random literally the bra is falling off and you're like i got this i'm good because i've been preparing for these bizarre circumstances for the last you know my whole life and they're the things that make it i think like that was the moment they they were like well she's comfortable in sexually (laughs) situations that she won't be awkward or make us feel weird about this so she can be lois lane right um yeah and so that was crazy i was like wow i got a broadway show that doesn't have an out-of-town tryout i know when it's happening and i'm pretty sure kelly o'hara is good to go so it's probably gonna happen (laughs) right and um so that was crazy and then i went back to la and i didn't work like at all for the last thing and then right before christmas break i got uh 
this one scene, one day of shooting for the bombshell, the Fox News movie that's coming out this month. Can't wait. I saw you, you post that on Instagram. That was another question. Yeah. So you're so that that is I just saw it. It's unbelievable. It's so cool. And I it's a it's very much like an ensemble movie. There are people everyone is in this movie in the best way. Yeah. And I I had auditioned for another part. I didn't get it. But then I got a call being like, the director wants you for this very truncated scene, but it's just you and John Lithgow. And it's him sexually harassing you, basically. And they're like, it's you and him. It'll be, you know, it's one day at the Fox News. He is Roger Ailes. He'll be in everything. And you're a a female applicant applying for a job at Fox. And he was like, but like the director, Jay Roach, loved your audition and they want to use you in some way. Which, and I was like, Ab- absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I have one line, but I spent 10 hours with John Lithgow, Jay Roach, this incredible, like Holland Taylor was also there, who's incredible. And I learned oh, yeah. more in that 10 minutes or 10 hours with, mm-hmm. and, and it also Just was like, legends. It, with John Lithgow. And again, had prepared ahead of time that I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to John Lithgow. I happen to be on the hosting committee for his gala next month at Roundabout that's honoring him. Like, bring this up. Talk to him about Shakespeare. The guy loves Shakespeare. And I also want to talk about Shakespeare. And so we would just, like, in between the middle of him, like, making me feel very uncomfortable for professional reasons, he would, we would just, like, he was the nicest guy ever, so kind, and we just talked theater. And Holland Taylor, she was like, oh, my God, let's talk about theater. We just talked about theater, and they love talking about it. Can we do very quickly... Our Venn diagram. Wait, hit me. My first show ever in my life was in the children's chorus of a show called The Incredible Frankel McBride, which was a traveling children's show that John Lithgow performed at major touring venues across the country. And my first time on a stage was in second grade in the children's chorus of John Lithgow's show. What was y'all's like interaction? Nice. He just was like, I mean, the best. It's cr- yeah, because now we know him. Like I know him from these iconic roles where he either plays a villain or these like massive personalities or funny characters. He's yeah. just this incredible like guy. But he was doing like literally singing like Ethel Merman tunes with kids, and like that was what he did for a year. When we were on you set, know? he was like, oh, I don't have enough time in the day, and I was like, what? And he was like, I have to draw everyone's Christmas card. He like draws his Christmas cards for everyone and does illustrations for every person he sends a Christmas card to. And I was like, what? What? Are, what? <laughs> and I mean, he's Lord Farquaad and then he's the right. black guy from Dexter. Like, yeah. right, he's, right. He's, yes. he's everything. But it was amazing. And here's, we were talking about Will Burton before we started doing this. I'm obsessed with Will Burton. We did Kiss Me Kate together. He's been on the pod. Yeah. Um, he's like our first or second. He's our yeah. second episode, third episode. This is how much Check I love out. John Lithgow and also how much I want to be Will Burton's manager. John came to see Kiss Me Kate. And I don't know why I just started like sobbing because he was like, Stephanie, I had no idea. Like, I just thought you, I don't, I just didn't know. And I was like, John, like you being here, like amazing. He was in Sweet Small Success with Kelly, which mm-hmm. was one of her first big shows. And it was great to see him. We like had this moment. And then as he's leaving, he goes, Stephanie, 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 tell Will Burton he was fantastic. And in my head, I go, wow. John must have worked with Will Burton. And I go out and I go, Will, John, Lithgow, like, he, he left, but he said you did amazing. He was like, what? And I was like, do you not know him? He's like, no, I don't know him. And I was like, he verbatim didn't mean Will Chase because he saw Will Chase. Didn't mean, like, had the name Will Burton and said, tell him 
this is this. And I remember John had told me that he was Gremio in Taming of the Shrew. So I also was like, and it's not like he was Hortensio. Like he wasn't your track. Yeah, like right. He just was so moved by your performance that he told me to tell you that you were unbelievable. That's and, so good. And that's like my favorite Wilburton story because he yes. is. And that man had my life in his hands so many times. Yeah. And I'm so thankful what for a him. Guy. That's so good. Can no, we do sorry, one more thing? Yeah, of course. Can you do some characters for oh, us? Oh my God. Can you believe? Yeah. I mean, will you? it's my only you special skills no. on my resume. No, I will. But like, because I, I will never forget when you were a sophomore and you did like your full character number at uh, one of the cabarets oh God, the underground. Cabaret. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I ever did it, other than like in my bathrooms with large glasses of milk after parties in college. <laughs> I, um, I, yeah. And that's something too. Like, I just like love doing impressions, but that's also acting totally. in a way. Yeah, and like, totally. That's and definitely like, a way in. A lot of my people that I've played have been, had weird voices, like whether it's Audrey Hepburn or Lois Lane mm-hmm. or even the Zoe's character I'm playing is like a hippie. And so I'm just like a little more like, hey, Zoe, than like I am in real life. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like my favorite ones are, <laughs> like I love Snow White, like, but also the great thing about Snow White is like, she's like a little girl, but then she's also very from the 40s and the 50s. Like she has that like cutie garland type thing in me like this. But what's great about it is like, even that's a great story. I mean, I'm going off. Like Please. I'm, this is 12 hours long. Please. The girl who's the voice of Snow White, I think I'm going to, might get this wrong. Don't hate me Disney fans. Um, Adrian Casalotti, something like that. She got the part. Talk about taking initiative. Her dad was a famous voice teacher and Walt was going around being like, I need the voice for Snow White, but she's 14, but she has to be a classic soprano. And he can't find anyone. He can't find anyone. She's overhearing him asking her dad for help. And she grabs the phone and goes, well, hello there, Mr. Disney. It's Snow White. And I would love to sing in your movie. And she just starts talking like that, like on the phone. And the girl books. And Whoa. she's snow white. So take initiative. That's a oh Stephanie Styles like, move right there. 14. She's like, I can be 14 and sing really high. But yeah, I love all of them. And I think like there's a little bit of like all the characters in um, all the characters I play. Like there's someone from Disney that I have somewhat drawn from. Yeah. But yeah, I love Snow White's probably my fave just because I can do her in all settings. Right. Whereas like Ariel, I can be like, oh. Flounder, look at all the humans. Like, I can really say, like, specific words. Right. But, like, Snow White, I can pretty much do, like, no matter what. And, you know, despite identifying as a Glinda, like, I like doing Adina in whatever life, too. But Mm -hmm. that's, like, probably a little too, like, loud for this. Are you going to be Glinda in the Wicked movie? Can can we just put that out there? You can put it out there. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Let's manifest that. Let's put that out there. Let's have Warren Carlo choreograph. I would love, listen, I love Glinda. I wrote Wicked. Cats, Starlight Express, Phantom fanfiction in my youth. So like <laughs> truly on, no. fan first, title of Ep. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you want to do our last our last little question? Yeah, sure. Because uh every oh uh, we, yeah, this the we always ask people what their kind of unreachable star is, what their what their thing is in the future. I mean, you've accomplished so much so quickly. And like you know, what is what's on the horizon? What do you want when you're 70? When you're like way out there. What I What's funny about what you said, like I've done so much so quickly, like I feel like what I'm thankful for is I felt, I feel like my path has been very gradual and very like nice steps up. Mm. There's, I've never skyrocketed, I don't think by any means. Mm. And so, and I've kind of loved that because I don't ever want to plateau. 
you know? Mm. And so I'm kind of stealing what Will Burton said, but it's like, if I can just keep on moving forward and taking steps, whether it's a role, an incredible role that is a great showcase in whatever medium or doing one line in a movie where everyone in it is unbelievable. And I get to talk about that experience, like keep on plussing that and just in doing that in all ways. And generally I like to be funny in great costumes, like I said, so we'll always be into that idea, (laughs) but that's kind of what I just want to keep on doing. And I think as we have, you, you have to be able to have the, the credit to ask for it. Cause I think it's a really important in jobs and in your career to ask for what you want. Cause the worst thing that you can be told is no. And you have to get used to that. Cause that's your life of being told no. Right. But I think what is really great is being able, I mean, this is also something like all your people talk about just like be you, but also know that like I came into this world as like doing a Disney show, which is kind of very identifying as who I am. But it's like Margot Robbie, she's started off being the best version of herself in The Wolf of Wall Street. She's a beautiful, hot, incredible actress playing Leonardo DiCaprio's wife. And now she can be Tanya. She can Mm -hmm. be whatever, not Mary Queen of Scots, but the other one. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) so I think it's great to know what your quote unquote type is, which I don't even think type is like, I'm not saying like ingenue this, but like for me, it's like, okay, I know I'm funny and I'm generally looked at as an innocent. So like anytime I see that word, I'm like, that might be me. Even if it's someone as sexually progressive as Lois Lane, there's a sense of innocence in her. Mm -hmm. So I think that just being able to like do what I do and keep on challenging myself, but while still like doing what I'm good at and doing that in whatever medium and way and just keep on going forward, that would be amazing. And to hopefully work for Disney occasionally all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Love it. You guys are amazing. This is incredible. And I think you guys are really killing it on the pod and off the pod. Hey, Thank you, Thank Stephanie. You. Yeah. See, Thank we just need to have here. people that come in here and just like inflate our egos like that too. Because this is nice. No, no people, I feel Joe's favorite people part. Brought, I went out last <laughs> night and people who don't know you brought up the pod. They were like, uh, yeah, my I music love director guys came over musicals. to me and was like, my nanny was talking about some podcast that you do Stop. called Guys Who Like Musicals. <laughs> what is that? And I was like, oh, yeah, is yeah, it what, you know, the thing that we do. do you know any sponsors? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right. Still our favorite joke. Uh, guys Who Like Musicals sponsored by no one. So yep. um, it's coming 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. That's a big, that's, what, be that's my original star is some ads yeah. in the future. Everyone's yeah. going to hit the 30 seconds forward so soon for you hey, guys. Totally fine. Let me talk Don't to you about Squarespace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.